invite you to take your Bibles and open up to the Old Testament, to the book of Jonah. We are in a series of messages on the book of Jonah. Today is message number two. Last week we were in chapter one where we discussed and talked about how Jonah was a runner. God had an assignment for Jonah. And Jonah said, see you later, God. I'm not going to do it. And he took off and he was on the run. And, of course, the correlation, maybe the application that we can draw from the life of Jonah from based on chapter 1 is that oftentimes each one of us is a runner. God has something in store for us, whether it's a simple obedience to one of his commands or something else. A lot of times we say, God, I'll see you later, and we're off and we're running. Well, today we're in chapter 2 as we continue with our Jonah series, and here we find Jonah praying. And he's praying from the belly of a giant fish. So follow along as I read chapter 2 for us. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever, but you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs, but I, with the song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Jack was walking along a steep cliff one day. When he accidentally got too close to the edge of the cliff, slipped, fell, and went off the cliff. On his way down, he grabbed a branch, which temporarily stopped his fall. To let go meant certain doom. Well, unable to save himself, Jack began yelling for help, hoping that someone would hear and rescue him. Help! Help! Is anybody up there? He yelled for a long time, but no one heard him. He's about to give up and release himself when he heard a voice. Jack, Jack, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. I'm down here. Help. I can help you, Jack. Yes, but who are you and where are you? I'm the Lord, Jack. I'm everywhere. The Lord? You mean you mean God? That's me. Well, God, please help me. 
I promise I'll get, when I'll, uh, I, I promise if you get me down from here, I'll stop sinning. I'll be a really good person. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Easy on the promises, Jack. Said God, let's get you safe first and then we'll talk. Now here's what I want you to do, Jack. I want you to listen carefully. I'll do anything, God. Just, just help me. Just save me. What do you want me to do? Okay, here's what I want you to do, Jack. I want you to let go of the branch. What? I said, let go of the branch, trust me, and just let go. There's a long silence. Finally, Jack yelled, help, help, is anyone else up there? I know you've heard that joke before, but I think it depicts accurately and very well probably Jonah's situation here. Well, this morning as we continue with our study in chapter 2, we're going to be focusing on verse 9 of chapter 2, which states this, salvation comes from the Lord. That's where we're going to be camping this morning. Now, the word that is translated salvation has a twofold meaning. First of all, salvation can refer to our spiritual rescue that comes about when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. When we do that, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus, we are rescued. We are delivered from sin and we become a child of God and our next destination is heaven. Because of our faith in Christ. That's salvation. There's a second understanding of salvation. Salvation can mean deliverance. Deliverance from a, from a difficult circumstance in life. For example, we have Jonah before us this morning. Jonah praised his God for delivering him from drowning in the sea. And because of God's intervention in Jonah's life... Jonah proclaimed, salvation comes from the Lord. So this morning as we continue to talk about salvation, uh, I want you to keep in mind that salvation could refer to spiritual salvation where an individual understands that they are a sinner, they place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and become a believer or a follower of Jesus Christ. That's one category of understanding salvation. But also bear in mind and keep in mind that salvation can also refer to deliverance, being delivered from a very difficult circumstance. So keep those two uh, understandings in mind as we work through uh, the salvation of God. There's three truths, three truths I want to share with you regarding salvation. Again, remember, salvation can be deliverance from our sin or deliverance from a difficult circumstance and situation. There are three truths I want to share regarding salvation or, if you will, deliverance. First of all, the Lord is the source of salvation. The source. Look with me at verse 9, at the end of the verse 9 there. Here's the question. Verse 9 says what? Where does our salvation come from? Where does it say? You answer the question. Comes from the Lord, doesn't it? Salvation comes from the Lord. God is the source, okay? God's the source 
of salvation. God is the one, he's the source, who has saved us from our sin. Now this truth is reinforced in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Take a look at this verse. Here's what Hebrews 12 says. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is what? The author and perfecter of our faith. So once again, we are being shown from God's word that God himself is the source. He's the source of our salvation. Now look also with me at Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. As we come to the end of chapter 1 there, we are told this. Again, the source of deliverance is made clear. Verse 17 says this. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Okay? Remember, the principle is this. God is the source of salvation. God is the source of our spiritual salvation, our redemption. But also when it comes to a difficult circumstance, as Jonah demonstrates, God is the source of his deliverance. So number one, God is the source of our salvation. Let's go on to point number two, the truth number two regarding salvation. The Lord is the initiator of salvation. God is the initiator. Whether it's your spiritual salvation or deliverance from a difficult circumstance, God is the one who takes the first step. He is the initiator. God initiates redemption. He understands your, your, your sinful condition, and therefore He initiates. He takes a step into this world to remedy our sinful situation, our condition. But also God initiates deliverance. When we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place, it's God who initiates and brings deliverance into our life. Now, spiritually speaking, we have these words in the book of Romans. So I'm in Romans chapter 5, if you want to join me there, looking at verse 6, Romans chapter 5, verse 6. And it's talking about how God is the initiator regarding our spiritual salvation. Here's what verse 6 says. You see... At just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, the key word that I want you to uh, focus upon is the word powerless in there in verse 6. You do not have the ability to fix your spiritual condition. Okay? Romans 3.23 says what? We for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You are a sinner, and you have no ability, you have no power to fix your sinful condition. You are powerless, it says. God understood that. This is the good news. God understands your spiritual condition, that you are helpless and powerless. Therefore, he takes the initiative, and he steps into our world, and he provides his son, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sinfulness. See the initiation taking place there? Well, continuing with Romans chapter 5, look with me at verse 8. The author writes these words, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
you are broken spiritually. You do not have the ability to fix yourself. The good news is, God is completely aware of your condition. To fix your spiritual condition, God sent Jesus, the one who we remember this morning as we participated in the communion service. God initiated. He initiated salvation by giving His one and only Son for you. Now that's the spiritual aspect of salvation and deliverance. But also remember, salvation can mean deliverance from a difficult situation. Let's look at Jonah. Look at his situation. In Jonah's situation, we see God taking the initiative to rescue Jonah from drowning. Remember, he was thrown overboard. The sailors on the ship took hold of him and cast him into the sea. And he would drown. I mean, he was finished. Except God took the initiative to save Jonah. In verse 17, again, back to chapter 1, verse 17 tells us how God took and saved him. It says, But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. So what we're learning here when it comes to the salvation, number one, the Lord is the source of our salvation because Jonah proclaimed there in verse 9, salvation comes from the Lord. In addition to God being the source, also we learn in here that God is the initiator of salvation. He is the initiator of deliverance. Here's point number three. Point number three is this. The Lord is the architect of salvation. The Lord is the architect of salvation. God is the designer of deliverance. The blueprints regarding redemption are His design. Now, I realize that you understand this truth. I know that you believe that God is the architect of your salvation. You believe that He's also the architect of your deliverance, whatever situation you may encounter. Here's an interesting dimension that we need to consider regarding God as architect. Since God is the architect of your salvation or of your deliverance, that means God has the right and the freedom to design this deliverance as He sees fit. Okay, let, let me say that again. This is what we got to keep in mind. Remember, God is the architect, and we don't deny that at all. But here's where we got to wrestle and we got to grab hold of. Since God is the architect of our salvation or our deliverance, since He is the architect, that means God has the right as well as the freedom to design that deliverance, to design that rescue as He so chooses. That means... That means for us that our rescue or our deliverance may not look like the way we planned it, okay? It's not going to look like the way we planned it. Case in point, look at Jonah. Remember, God is the architect of Jonah's salvation. 
How did he do that? God provided a giant fish that swallowed him. And Jonah was in the belly of that big fish for three days and three nights. And when it was all done, what did God do to the fish or cause the fish to do? To vomit Jonah on dry land. That's a very interesting way of delivering somebody, don't you think? A little out of the unusual, wouldn't you say? Consider your salvation. God used rough hewn timbers in the shape of a cross to crucify his son, which became a significant element in your redemption. Again, very interesting that God would use the cross, uh, an instrument of punishment uh, for those of capital offenses. But yet God uses that. Interesting, don't you think? You see, God is the architect. Therefore, he is free and has the right to choose his method of deliverance. Now, what I find encouraging about this truth is that we cannot put God in a box. God's mean of salvation is outside the box. God's method of deliverance is outside of the box. God's method of rescue is beyond our imaginations. No one can envision, no one can dream of the pathways or the procedures or the miraculous steps that God may take to spare an individual's life. You see, as architect, there is no end to God's creativity. As architect, he has the right, he has the freedom to choose his method of salvation or deliverance. Jonah proclaims to us this morning in chapter 2 that salvation comes from the Lord. We learn that number one, salvation, God is the source. Number two, God is the initiator. He took the first step in securing our salvation, as well as delivering individuals. And thirdly, we see that God is the architect. Now, as we come to the end here this morning, let's try to apply this to our life. And where I want you to focus and reflect and think is on the idea of God being the architect. God is going to be the architect of your deliverance. Now, if you're not saved, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, of course, our prayer is that you would find Jesus and follow him. That is, there's no greater thing. And so that would be awesome. But those of you who are saved, one of these days you're going to be in a, between a rock and a hard place. Or you're going to be in a, in a situation that is so difficult, you're wondering, what is the solution? How am I going to get out of this? Remember, salvation or deliverance comes from the Lord. Well, in light of that, since he's the architect, here's some things I want you to reflect and think about. Since God has the right and the freedom to choose his method or his pathway of rescue and deliverance, we need to understand, first of all, here's number one, understand that our ways are not his ways, 
nor are his thoughts our thoughts. See, what we want to do is we want to dictate, we want to control and say, God, you know, I'm, I'm in a pinch here. Here's what you need to do, God. Plan A, take this step, this step, and this step. I mean, we've got to figure it out. But since he is the architect, we as his followers got to trust him and let him initiate and, al- and launch his program, his, his pathway, his, his way of deliverance. So, his thoughts are not our thoughts, nor his Ways are our ways. Number two, will you be willing to trust God as you wait for his creative method of deliverance? Okay, you're praying and you're seeking an answer for your prayer. Are you willing to trust God and allow him to initiate and implement his plan of deliverance? Will you trust him? Thirdly, your life will be spared, but it may be messy. Okay? God is going to show up. Remember, salvation comes from the Lord. He will deliver, but it will be messy. Case in point, our character Jonah. He was swallowed by a huge fish. How did he get out of the fish? God caused the fish to what? Vomit him out. There we go. Your life will be spared, but it may be messy. Are you with me on that? Your life will be spared, but it may be messy. Let's pray. God, I want to again thank you for being a God who is the source of our salvation. Lord, we can't fix ourselves, but you can In addition to that, Lord, you're the initiator. Lord, you took the first step. You drew up the blueprints on how we can have a right relationship with you. But also, Lord, we know that you have a blueprint on how to deliver us from our difficult situation. Also, Lord, help us to rest confidently in knowing that You have our best interests in mind, even though the solution is sometimes messy. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.